Welcome to episode number five of the Future Co. podcast. I'm especially excited to introduce this week's episode as it sees the redefinition of the entire Future Co. podcast experience. Okay, the entire experience, that might be a stretch, but we sure are adding to the experience, if you will. And that's to say that today's episode will be available both through audio and video format. You'll be able to watch today's episode on Wonder's YouTube channel, and I'll be posting the link in the podcast description. Furthermore, I'll be handing over hosting duties for today's episode to my colleague Tobias Dahlberg, who will be joined by the current CMO of Fiskars Corporation, Alexander Matt. Matt has a colorful past in the world of brands, which has seen him work for the likes of Levi's, Adidas Originals, and currently Fiskars. Fascinated and inspired particularly by youth culture, Matt stresses the importance of a synonymous relationship between brands and culture, and I quote, The most powerful brands don't just have the strength to be in culture, they have the strength to influence it. So it's clear that culture plays a key role in how Matt evaluates the success and influence of brands. And to tell you more about that, here's Tobias and the man himself. So today we're sitting down with Alex Matt, who's currently CMO at Fiskars Group. And uh, he's been working for Adidas Originals before, and he's worked for Levi's. So he's a heavy hitter in the brand building game. So welcome, Alex. Great to have you on the show. Hi, Tobias. I'm very happy to be here. <laughs> Great. So uh, before we talk about Fiskars and all, yeah. all the brands that belong there, it'd be, I'd be curious to hear about... What got you started in the, in the game of branding and what got you interested in the first place? Like, please share a little bit about your background. Yeah, it, it's really funny. I was a bit reflecting just before I actually uh, came here uh, today. And it, it started actually uh, still in my teenage uh, days. Uh, I still have a collection. I don't know if you remember of the magazine The Face uh, uh, at home. You know, it was like yeah, yeah. kind of a cultural uh, uh, lifestyle magazine really uh, uh, on top. And I think I got really at very early age quite uh, excited about youth culture, you know, uh, in general, you know, yeah. and try to somehow absorb things in that area. And then, I mean, things somehow started, you know, I, I experimented during my my studies, you know, with different internships and everything. And then um, um, I worked in two startups. Uh, 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 that was my first uh, jobs, one design startup in, in Zurich, the other was a snowboard startup. Uh, in Munich, supported by Red Bull at that time. So I got really hooked up um, um, more and more um, about you know yeah, youth culture, marketing. These were my mm. uh, first uh, really jobs to, and I realized okay, if you do a really good job, you know, in marketing and in branding, you can really uh, put your stamp on. You can even influence mm. as well uh, certain cultures, certain subcultures, yeah. and that's how it started. Yeah, yeah, great. And and so then you moved at some point to Adidas Originals. Yes. So please uh, talk so about. So first, before there. I moved to Adidas, I spent actually eight years uh, at Levi's. Oh, that was before. Okay. Yeah, 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 it was before. Yeah. So, um, so it was eight years in different positions. I started in Germany and then moved uh, to Brussels uh, in Belgium, and then uh, uh, the last two years I, I was in between San Francisco and Brussels. So I was uh, in my first couple of years was responsible for marketing, different jobs in that area. In the end, for the European marketing, and then I, I actually started a, a startup. Uh, within uh, Levi's, uh, uh, which is called uh, Levi's Skateboarding. So it's still yeah. live uh, today. So I had cool. uh, the idea, we always tried to approach kind of the streetwear skateboard lifestyle in different ways, and we didn't really succeed. So I put an idea down on paper, and I was very lucky. It was the right time, and the president at that time said, like, okay, Alex, 
uh, here to start, you get a couple of people. And um, yeah, so I started this line. It was my last job in Levi's. Yeah. And then I, I moved uh, to Adidas and uh, yeah, became um, the head of uh, global yeah, brand marketing um, for uh, Adidas Originals. As you probably know, this is the, the lifestyle yeah. angle um, um, of Adidas. And, uh, and this was, of course, for me, I was, um, of course, very excited to do that move. I talked about, you know, I mean, there are a few actually brands, in my opinion, who are making culture, influencing culture and can do this job. And for me, Adidas Originals is one of the big players in that area. And yeah, uh, yeah so that's how I ended up there. Yeah. You talk a lot about culture, which is interesting. Yeah. And I, uh, so what, what, what do you think is the relationship between brands and culture? I mean, a real, I mean, the most powerful brands, in my opinion, you know, not every brand can really do the job, but the most powerful brands, uh, uh, they have the strength to not just be in culture, they have the strength even to, to, to influence yeah. culture and be a driving uh, force, you know, yeah. because it's not just when we talk about brand, this is not just about a product or communication, you know, it's really a holistic thing, yeah. uh, uh, of course, you know, and, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, you are yeah, some somehow everywhere, and uh, have to be bold as well, and have to to move things. Yeah. yeah. So how did it back to to Levi? So how did yeah. that skateboard uh, thing turn out like for you and and for the for the brand for the master brand? Would you say? Because Levi's was a little bit like at some point when I was yeah, yeah. young, and we're kind of the same age. Yeah. It was like the hottest thing. Like yeah. you had to have Levi's jeans, and then at some point it took a little bit of a nosedive, yeah, yeah. and then they. You know, yeah, there were they tough times at that time. The five of one, of course. What you are talking about yeah, in the 90s, yeah, everyone yeah. was actually yeah. buying into 501s. And, uh, but then, of course, so many other brands started to produce denim. You know, there were mm. not just other brands coming like the Diesels or others. Yeah. Also like H&M's, Sarah's, whatever, you know, Gap's all started to produce denim. And of yeah. course, it becomes much yeah. uh, 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 a bigger game and much more battle. Yeah. So, of course, when I was working there uh, back in the days, I can't remember how many <laughs> years it was. Uh, uh, I'm not such old. Um, uh, of course, that was, of course, then the job. How do we bring actually the brand uh, mm. back um, on the page? But what I did with the skateboarding line, it was actually a quite, first of all, a distribution-led idea. Mm. Um, so uh, a very, I mean, in my opinion, still was kind of a no-brainer, you know, because it was clear there are like thousands of stores, uh, not just in Europe, but also in the world, you know, who sell this kind of streetwear style to a very mm. specific urban consumer, also kind of not just a core skateboarder, kind of mainstream consumer. But Levi's wasn't really there at that time. Mm. Mm. So that was the starting point. So this is really, we said, this is strange, you know, we have to somehow... Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is actually a, a big opportunity. And uh, what we did actually, um, first of all, we looked, you know, on the distribution, how, mm. you know, and, and looked, you know, what, what actually the problem, you know, and then we looked on the product as well. And we changed a couple of things. Um, and then, of course, communication was important, but that was not the biggest piece. It was mm. overall the story. Yeah. And it's so much in that era, era area sorry uh, about authenticity you yeah, know? yeah so first of all we had to work with the right distribution agents who speak the language yeah otherwise you never make into these stores they are not big stores necessarily mm. small stores secondly the product also it's a certain language you know it was we, we just uh, we changed the logo from a red tap you know to mm. black tap you know then we had like uh, black seams and it was all the whole 
actually denim was stronger you know it was mm. also performance was be behind my breath about these things it was yeah. storytelling there as well yeah and then of course the communication came we had team writers these kind of topics but mm. um it started really with distribution and that's yeah, the interesting yeah. thing so it was yeah we started to build a, a small sub brand yeah. around i remember when I, I worked for nike back in the day uh, they tried to come in to skateboarding and they, they didn't do very well at first. So I think probably they missed some, some cues. Uh, they did something that violated sort of the tribal rules yeah. of, of skateboarders. So how did you get that right at Levi's, do you think? I, I mean, we, we actually, to be honest, we started much smaller as well, you know, as I guess Nike SB uh, uh, at that time. And um, what we did, of course, First of all, we surrounded us with the right people. You know, mm. I had a really small team, but everyone we worked with spoke the cultural language as yeah. well. You know, and then we started with some. Let's say it was so important to get first, as I said, distribution right. So we selected core stores. So we started mm. in Europe, you know, and selected core stores in core cities. You know, yeah. we knew if we make it there, you know, uh, you know, things will start to travel. You know, that yeah. was the first year, first season. Then things picked up very. Yeah, very fast as well, and um, and um, because there was not really a denim brand. Mm. I mean, in the mm. sneaker area, you said like it was Nike, Adidas also started then skateboarding lines, but in a de denim area, nobody really actually uh, focused on on that target audience. Yeah, how did you know that that was uh, being successful? Like, was it sales or was it another metric that you guys were following? To be honest, at I mean. It sounds uh, funny, but it was very sales uh, focused at that yeah, time. It was, and that, yeah. That's for me, you know, I mean, still today we will talk, I'm sure later a little bit yeah. about it, you know, the challenge as the brand guys, what you have always in big organizations is, of course, you know, how do you measure your success, your short term success as yeah. well. Yeah. And as this was a very straightforward, actually, business idea, you know, uh, I could really easily showcase quite nice sales figures how they increase in just yeah. a few seasons you know yeah. so that was my entry point yeah, but yeah. of course what what was driving me at that time was more because it was the fascination how we can actually play in that area and yeah. get actually the, the people the consumers hooked up you know with the brand cool and then you moved into another related uh, like a very strong culturally influenced mm -hmm. business so adidas originals yeah. so what happened there so when I started um, at Adidas Originals, you know, um, I mean, one of my first tasks I had, you know, by my boss at that time was really to look into the positioning as well, you know, because, I mean, Adidas Original was healthy, you know, but uh, we didn't grow at that time such actually massively mm. anymore as uh, the years um, uh, before. And um, what we actually did was then like really twisting and uh, adjusting slightly, you know, um, our somehow yeah core belief, you know, um, mm. uh, where we believe we should go and who we are. And I mean, as you remember, I mean, Adidas Originals was always the heritage line, you know, mm. of um, Adidas, so the superstars, uh, 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 Stan Smith, you know, they are mm. very important um, uh, uh, for uh, the sub-brand. But what we said, you know, as also the, the, the street culture, you know, evolved, uh, um, it's very important that we also somehow define the future and yeah. design into the future. So what yeah. we added is really a progressive angle. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, together, actually, as a team, I mean, we then very quickly, because it's a very fast-moving market, you know, 
uh, issued actually and designed uh, new um, new um, new sneakers. Um, yeah. Kind of, I mean, you see today the NMDs, you know, ZX Flux, all these kind of more progressive uh, uh, mm. designs came then uh, uh, to the market, and this actually boosted us uh, enormously. But this was very, on the one yeah. hand, uh, product focused, but at the same time, we also then. Um, we committed to a couple of uh, collaborations. Yeah, I'm uh, just gonna say in that, that area. Yeah. Yes, I mean, um, like for instance, Pharrell, um, yeah. and then also uh, Kanye West. You know, and uh, of course, uh, that was kind of a bold and kind of risky move because uh, we handed actually over to these two guys also kind of uh, a bit of control over the mm. line and mm. uh, the design, but. This was very, very important to re-inject also the, the dynamic and the energy into uh, into the brand, you know, because you always have to, I mean, you have to be bold, you know, yeah, yeah. you have to move and you have to take some risks. So I was yeah. kind of happy to be part at that time, you know, um, yeah. uh, 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 with the brand. And I mean, you see it today, I mean, it's it's really, I mean, Rituals is going quite through the roof, it's doing yeah. quite well, yeah. Do you think that there's a risk that uh, the kind of normal Adidas and Adidas originals, like, are there... Is there a gap between, or do you think they, they really like uh, fall naturally under the, under the mother brand? It's always a challenge because yeah. you always have to look into the Adidas brand first mm. of all, and where the brand is actually anchored in, and it's all about sports. Yeah. So this is, of course, it's a challenge, you know. Yeah. And of course, you always during the time you had discussions, you know, what does yeah. it mean to be Adidas Originals? What does it mean yeah. to be a somehow sub brand uh, or? Adidas. What is the relation to the mother yeah. mother brand? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. it's very important, you know, yeah. that you don't really uh, delink yourself, of course, you yeah. know, from the parent uh, brand. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But sports came into lifestyle and into yes. music and fashion in a big way, didn't it? Yeah. So that probably helped as well. Or perhaps you were part of building that culture. Yeah, I mean, I was a couple of years there. I was part of it, you know, yeah. and I think. Um, as I said, I mean, we, we did some uh, bold decisions at that time, but you have to, I mean, it's it's a constant, actually, movement. You have to start to renew yourself constantly mm. and be quite agile, you know, which is not so easy, yeah. you know, in a yeah. big company as yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, Awesome. And then, um, quite recently, was it a year ago, two years ago almost, uh, you moved to Finland <laughs> to join Fiskars Group, yes. where you're currently the chief marketing officer. Yes. And so, uh, can you share with us which are all the brands that you're sitting on right now? Yeah, we um, we are running at, as Fiskars Group. You know, we are not just about the Fiskars brand anymore. Today, we uh, running a portfolio of roughly, let's say, 18, 20 brands uh, today. But we are focusing on six. We call them global brands. You know, mm. one mm. Of, is of course uh, the Fiskars brand. Then we have uh, Gerber. Mm. Uh, they are Portland-based. Uh, uh, Itala. Royal Copenhagen, Waterford, and uh, uh, Wedgwood. So these are our big six yeah. uh, ones we are focusing on. Yeah, that's quite an impressive portfolio. So what made you um, make the switch then? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. You know, I yeah. told you uh, before as well that I was always very, you know, enthusiastic about uh, youth lifestyle. I work mainly in fashion. So many friends, of course, and colleagues asked me, so Alex, why are you moving now, you know, to to Helsinki? And uh, what are these brands, you know? Because yeah. not all of these brands are such well known yet. Yeah. Yet, yeah, you're changing. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope so. Um, I believe, and I started to believe at that time that we have a huge opportunity um, uh, with these brands, you know, to 
and even for the entire company, yeah. you know, to to grow and become much bigger with much more influence, you know, yeah. in a couple of years as we are yeah. uh, today. And that yeah. was also what made me move because I don't think we leverage uh, yet the full potential. Mm, mm. And uh, this is a bit the difference. If you, I mean, you know, I work for Levi's, for Adidas, for other brands. You know, of course, you you're already this bigger actually. Um, how do you say s ecosystem? You know. Yeah. And here I think you know, and that what made me move. You know, is I think, you know, the opportunity i mean there's still you know we are still at a certain starting point you know mm. and there's an opportunity for me of course as well to put a stamp on and to help and support yeah, yeah. what do you think are some principles or some thinking that you learned from these iconic brands or very lifestyle and culture driven brands that you could infuse into the fiscars portfolio any particular uh, yeah i could talk for hours <laughs> about that <laughs> yeah. but um first of of all i think because I'm working now again with a lot of, I call it like heritage brands as well. We've, mm. They all have a huge history. Some are royal brands. I mean, Fiskars started 368 years ago and it's yeah. one of the oldest brands in the Western world. Yeah. And I think the biggest challenge and key to success is that you always somehow manage to reinvent yourself. Mm as well and uh, that you are bold you know and yeah. i mean if you look on 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 our brands they and go a bit deeper um they they did it you know and they managed that but mm. you always have to remind ourselves you know and have to push you know that if you don't get too comfortable you yeah. know um, and for instance just play the heritage angle yeah, you know yeah so you also i talked about adidas originals before it's exactly this it's exactly the same challenge you know yeah, yeah. how do you invent the future and act bold yeah as well how do you do that do you think like uh you have a strong past like you said like many companies play to the past mm -hmm. like i think in, in fashion you have a lot of brands that are doing this quite well like uh, women's like uh yeah. herme or louis vuitton and, and all these fashion brands like they have to reinvent themselves yet remind people that they have a heritage exactly so what, what would you say is like what what's the way to do that or how, do you have any principles for how to do that yeah there are a couple of um but let me maybe focus let's start with consumer focus you know mm. um first of all i think i think this is the first key you know that you really are so close to your consumers you know and uh, uh and leverage your insights you have Mm. Um, uh, that's the first thing and by that I mean a lot of other things are opening up because mm. if you mm. look I mean in which times we are actually living you know and what's happening in the last five six seven years it's uh, crazy you know I think mm. mainly through <coughs> influence of digital we all know you know things speeded up you know and uh, consumers are much more in the lead you know and mm. they can shop you everywhere things got messed up there are so many channels you know they get yeah. so many inspirations so by that you know through that actually um yeah um yeah a switch of the focus more to consumers of course mm. um this topic becomes more and more important and then yeah. i think so many other things actually yeah, yeah. Uh, become kind of action points yeah and uh um in in executing brand strategies you've been part of many brand strategy exercises, what do you find important in actually making those brand strategies real? 
Like for example, we uh, when we consult clients, like we yeah. think that's the major thing actually the translation of brand strategy into culture and behaviors yeah. not even so much what happens on yeah. the external side yeah. like do you, i mean that's difficult that's not easy let's say no. but, but the culture is where it kind of makes or breaks the brand if you get the people behind it it's yeah. usually like a simple broad idea or bold idea that you need to get people behind and if they don't get yes. behind it if there's no clarity like what exactly do you feel the, about? the cultural challenge is the biggest um, always you know yeah. and if you look in our company of course in general of course we I mean still somehow believe of course somehow we are in a slow moving market as well it's different than the sneaker industry of course our consumers yeah. buy actually an Alto vase or an X not just every season you know yeah yeah um, so this is so that's where the culture actually starts we I believe we are not really in slow moving market anymore we are in a yeah. fast moving market as the consumers moves fast you know in yeah, comparison yeah. to other consumer goods so and I think what we need to do also to get actually um, everyone behind you know and, yeah uh, so also me I mean we also have to learn how it works you know I mean you can have big ideas but how do we execute we have to start to execute we have to I mean it's important that you even do I mean that you create momentum you know you create tangible examples you yeah, know how yeah. great looks like yeah and um, rather than always work on the big things you know right yeah. you can have your big strategy but start to implement and then by that I believe you can actually uh, bring everyone uh, behind as well and make people more and more understand even myself will learn with that yeah yeah awesome like there's so much talk about like all the change that's happening in the world and, and future co-listeners are, are, are people who are all about wanting to create change, uh, to want to stand up and make a change inside the company or as entrepreneurs. And I think if you look at the really great uh, brands in history, they're, they're, they're either products or companies that sort of redefine their business in a way. Yeah. And I think that's where many of them started. Like yeah. you have... You have a, a pot that was like uh, Le Creuset or you had uh, Fiskars Orange, you know, Scissors or something. And then a brand evolved sort of around that. But my question is, uh, when there's so much changing in the world right now, like how do you see that affecting in branding? And like what are, what are the things that you need to sort of think differently about? Or is it actually the similar game? Or how do you see that? Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's kind of interesting. So first of all, I think that the principle principles on how to actually design a, a great powerful brand I believe they staying the same but what's actually changing is that the kind of brands you know who are entering market and how fast it actually is yeah and some actually uh, uh, mega brands are coming up you know I don't think that happened before you know in I don't know the last hundred years I mean and that's also because of the influence of digital. I believe mm. that Facebook, for instance, or Airbnb, or even just look on a Tesla, they made yeah. it just in, in a few years to iconic status, yeah. in my yeah. opinion, to make people really care. And that's actually, in my opinion, a great, powerful or iconic brand. You know, yeah. if you yeah. would disappear... You know, as a brand, people would really miss something. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and if Facebook would disappear, you, we are, I mean, Facebook made it a part of our lives, of course. Yeah, we yeah. would miss something. And that's different. It's not just about heritage anymore. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, of course, authenticity is important, but authenticity is not just coming uh, from the heritage. Authenticity is for me that you speak the language of the consumers, you know, mm. that you are also make it in, in their 
culture, we talked about it, a part yeah. of their lifestyle, yeah. you know. And that's, I think, what's changing. But the principles as such, yeah. uh, I believe, you know, they're staying the same. Yeah. What's your, your take on digital uh, when it comes to branding? Like, uh, in any particular uh, thoughts? Because there are so many people claiming that even, like, branding is dead and all these things and like, everything because it goes digital and somehow that's going to change the game. But, like, what's your I think thought? digital is or became a key enabler, yeah. you know, uh, of running and designing a brand. But as said, I don't believe that the principles change. It's mm. just how you actually enable digital to bring these principles to life, you know. Yeah. This is yeah. a new form and technique you need to learn, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I, th I still think in my head when I think about, you know, what are these principles, you know, uh, which make a big brand. Um, first of all, we talked already about it, you know, it's about you know, relevance and, you know, adapt, you know, mm, uh, yeah. even reinvent, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, stay close to the consumers, become part of their life. Mm. It's one thing. Mm. Uh, another one we talked about is as well, you have to stay true to your values. You know, you cannot, yeah. I mean, and this has to somehow interact, you know, the invention and the, the, the yeah, value part uh, yeah. Uh, somehow. And a third one is always for me the consistency you know, and mm. this is becoming more important. I mean, now brands become global. Mm. If you go into Starbucks in China or Starbucks in Helsinki, you know, it feels always yeah. the same. If you shop, uh, yeah, let's say Nike sneaker uh, online or go into Nike store, it also feels somehow mm. the same. Experience is coherent. Exactly. Yeah, That's yeah. super important, you know, like to even now in these ages, you know, to, to stay consistent and then there's always something I mean I feel you know a, a brand I feel always the aesthetic of the brand needs to be always somehow in my opinion of a great brand needs to somehow be beautiful or yeah um, you know somehow catch needs to be universal as well this is mm, another somehow mm. thing sometimes what we forget you know yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the aesthetic or design uh, uh, perspective yes yeah so, Alex, thanks so much. It's been a great privilege to talk to you. And uh, I think for me, the takeaway is really about the boldness. Like you said, a lot of smart things, but I think boldness is something that, that we need right now. At least that's for me the takeaway. Like you can, you can uh, uh, if you're a great brand, I mean, you could continue doing what you've done before. But like you said, like you have to reinvent yourself and you have to do it in a way where you are true to the, the heritage in a way. So it's that like yes. using the past to, to build the future. Yes. Yeah. And I think just one, some last words. Yeah. I think when you talk about that, what comes in my mind, I think we talked already about digital and I think we should not just look on digital as a challenge. I think there's a massive opportunity and that's where the boldness comes in. If we do the right things, you know, I mean, we can create scale. Digital allows us to, to create yeah. scale, which is enormous, which we don't really know yet, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually the fantastic uh, thing. And... Uh, uh, the opportunity you know yeah, yeah. Uh, we have yeah thank you alex Thanks thank so you much. very much